Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me is Jared Kimber. We're both standing up today. Yesterday, I admit, we were sitting down throughout the podcast and I think the quality and energy suffered. So we'll never, ever do that again. That is a TalkSport promise and guarantee. Uh, we're looking back at day two here at the Oval and uh, I'm going to stop speaking in a second and then I will start speaking again. I'm speaking again. Jared, uh, that was a pretty lively day of cricket, I think. Yeah, the wickets. Aren't wickets great? Uh, no, it was a good good day of cricket. I enjoyed it. Uh... <laughs> Thanks for that. And more from Jared Kimber tomorrow, following day three at the Oval. And you're listening to the following on podcast. So I'll tell you why it was a lively day, a good day of cricket. Why don't you tell me, John, why it was a lively day and a good day of cricket? Because there was plenty of incident. There were. I thought today there was more incidents than you would have imagined if you hadn't have thought about how many incidents there might be. Actually, if you go back 24 hours, I did tell the listeners exactly what would happen on day two, and I was wrong. Well, no, I wasn't actually. Um, I was kind of wrong, kind of right. Anyway, I, I don't like it when I listen to people making predictions on radio. I think it's a bit of filler. But anyway, shall we get on with things? Yeah, but it's not radio, it's a podcast. Well, with about an hour and a half to go, well, no, it's probably an hour and a, two hours to go, player of the day I'd written down Joffre Archer forward slash Steve Smith forward slash Sam Curran the narrative hadn't been decided upon at that point because Smith was still batting Archer hadn't taken six for and Sam Curran hadn't taken two wickets and two balls fast forward to the end of the day and uh, well it's Steve Smith isn't it it's obviously Steve Smith. I don't understand about all these forward slashes yet. No, I had uh, Steve Smith forward slash, or could have been backslash. I'll have to go back and check my notes. Um, Joffre Archer. Um, it's probably Joffre, although it wasn't Joffre who got Smith. So that plays a little bit with my narrative head. But, but yeah, I think it's probably Joffre. Six wickets again. Young man, 
you know, fourth test, um, and he bowled brilliantly today. I don't know if you saw the guy sitting about yeah. six rows in front of yeah. us, who no matter what Joffre did, at one stage... No, hang on, it wasn't just Joffre. I, I know, but let me tell the story. At one what was he wearing? He was wearing a... Blue top. Yeah, with sunglasses, with aviators on. Uh, he, we were trying to work out if he looked like Michael Douglas from Falling Down um, or Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Such was his intensity um, at the clapping. He was angry clapping everything. But Joffrey Archer farted twice and he gave it a three clap at one stage. And to be fair, he did it for Sam Curran and for Steve Smith. But what an intense man. And I think anyone who could make a man that intense deserves to be player of the day. So that's all three of them. <laughs> so wait, the, spe- the, the chap is player of the day. Yeah, no, he was annoying as hell, wasn't he? He was really annoying. He started doing that. He got up at the end of every single over and at, and at milestones no. and at just other moments in the game from first over to last. Yeah, I mean, if there was an inside edge that went safely to mid-wicket, right, he was getting up for that, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. He was just all over it all day. I've, I've never seen anyone. But he, he looked like he wasn't even enjoying it. He was like... So passionate about cricket, he's leaning forward, his back will be sore. Anyway, he is player of the day, because I can't stop talking about it. Well, I suppose that uh, unless Australia win this match, they may they may do so. I mean, it's, it's all set, really, for Steve Smith to guide Australia home on Sunday with two or three wickets remaining, top scoring again. I mean, the guy, I know we've just done player of the day, but am I right in saying that he's top scored in every single innings that he's batted in in this series? I have no idea. That sounds really cool. He's been, didn't um, Cricket Australia tweeted that he scored 33% of Australia's runs? And I, I didn't actually have a look, but I, I would guess off the top of my head that a number four would, would usually score about 17% of your team's runs. So he's basically doubled what you would expect in a low-scoring series as well. Um, look, it's, you know, the fact that people are talking about him breaking Bradman's record today just sort of tells you everything that you need to know. Uh, what an in- incredible batsman he is again. Let, let me tell you, here's my story of the day about him. And we, we can probably get to Joffre as well. But my story of the day is him. Sam Curran actually bowled really well to him today. Uh, troubled him. I, this, so I've seen Cam- Sam Curran take wickets, and I've never ever thought, that's a really good bowler. Today was the first time I was like, this guy is, is, is a really good bowler. I thought he was really smart. So he's bowling to Steve Smith, and he bowls a ball outside off stump uh, that just curves away a little bit. Smith follows it, plays and misses, misses it, right? Next ball, Steve Smith steps about a foot and a half outside off stump, gets a ball on a similar line and flicks it through the leg side. Now, firstly, he's basically putting his stumps massively in play, more than he does on a normal ball. He's moved completely out the way, and now he's flicking a ball from probably fifth stump through mid-wicket. Gets two. Next ball, he goes out there again, doesn't get it away. So Sam Curran goes, okay, well, I'm going to change this up now. I'm now going to bowl wide of off stump. So that's going to be the new off stump to you. And of course, it was a perfectly sound and sane bit of bowling from a smart cricketer. So what does Steve Smith do? He sort of contorts his body and then opens the face and pushes it through covers for four, going, well, that was a bit wide. It wasn't a bit wide, it was a perfect line. He just makes his own length and his own line. It's, it's so incredible to watch him bat. Um, you know, and, and again, how much better he is than everyone else in this Australian side. I mean, Harrison and... and um, Warner don't look like they're going to make a run. I'm not sure how long the series would be for them to have to make a run. Uh, Manus, the more Manus bats, and I know he's been successful in the series, but the more he bats, the less I think 
um, you know, I, I mean, I should say, in, in modern test cricket, he could average 35, which might be perfectly respectable, but I'm just not sure he's ever going to be much better than that. Um, although, Well, if he averages 35 and Steve Smith averages 140, that's 200 every time Australia bat. Which could be fine. Um, uh, math, uh, you know, you've got Matthew Wade at, at five, two places too high. Yeah, Matthew Wade, uh, you know, the longer the series has gone, the less likely he's looked to make runs. Mitch Marsh shouldn't be batting at six. Um, you know, it's unfair. My, my mate texted me, he said, if Steve Smith has still been banned, would England have won this series 5-0? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's possible, isn't it? Although I Steve Smith has scored more boundaries, 85 or something, when I looked at the stat or saw the stat, than David Warner's scored runs. Yeah. Steve Smith has scored 10 consecutive half centuries, or half centuries or more, against England. Nobody in the history of the game has scored 10 consecutive scores of over 50 against a single opponent. Hasn't he also got the record now for the most scores, consecutive scores, over 75 as well? I mean, Steve Smith. <laughs> give me another Steve Smith. Steve back. Smith averaged 52 in 2015. That actually looks like he had a poor series. I, I love how this podcast become a Steve Smith stand. It's just, it's incredible. He is a phenomenal operator. Another thing, today was only the second time in the entire series that Steve Smith has got out, genuinely got out. Three of his, four of his six dismissals have come with him either batting for a declaration or batting because there's only one wicket at the other end. Yeah, I mean, everything you say is true. Um, my story of the day was actually going to be that, look, we saw today that amidst all the doom and gloom, there is reasons for cheer if you're an England supporter. I think Rory Burns, again, in this series, has shown he's got what he takes. An amazing catch at Gully. I think he is a phenomenal slip, slipper, maybe a gully fielder. Um, but in Sam Curran, they've got variety, and they've got a, a swing bowler and a handy lower order batsman. And in Joffre Archer, they've got a guy who's just taken his second sixfer in just his fourth test match. So, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't look quite as bad as it did five days ago and also if Australia and England draw this series when you consider the heroics of Steve Smith when you consider the strength and depth that Australia have got and when you consider that Jimmy Anderson bowled four overs I think they could actually take quite a lot of credit from this but of course it's not a given that they're going to draw it 2-2 ball of the day I'm not sure I had a ball of the day did you have a ball of the day let's have a look Um, Archer to Labuschagne I thought was a, a good delivery because, you know, when you're watching a lot of the uh, balls to Smith at the other end, you're just like, well, actually, you described perfectly the thinking behind what uh, Sam Curran was trying to do. And actually, Sam Curran did get Steve Smith out, but of course, Joe Root dropped the catch. But you could see exactly what the plan was for Labuschagne uh, with Archer every now and again just firing one in in the pads after a period of either bouncing and or just probing outside off stump. Um, and it worked again. I mean, there was a couple of inside edges onto the pads, very close to LBW on two or three occasions, and then he got through the defences. I didn't actually see how quickly the ball was bowled, actually, but uh, that was a good one. Um, Wokes to Smith, just because it's Smith getting out, but it was a, a nothing ball. Wokes was a, quite appalling today. Uh, outside. Appalling? Appalling, did you say? Didn't you think? Appalling. Okay, that's an exaggeration. Uh, yeah, um, look, it's probably not the kind of pitch that you would expect him to be good on. It's probably why he struggles a little bit away. I mean, if, for all the help that was yesterday, we didn't see many magic balls today, which I think Australia should be even more upset for, for probably being bowled out for this. Um, and, and not to say that he needs masses of help, but he probably needs something from the air or, or the pitch. Otherwise, he's sort of... What is he? He's just obvious otherwise. and At times, he looked a bit obvious today. Maybe I should use the word obvious 
I mean, yeah, but now that I had to explain it and set it up a lot, didn't I? It was appalling. At least everyone knew what you meant. And I thought Joffre Archer's delivery to get rid of Nathan Lyon. I know it's tailender, but, you know, straight out the T20 catalogue. And actually, it's something we said about Archer. You know, it doesn't bowl at the stumps enough, doesn't get enough bowls. But that was, what, 74 miles an hour or something? Um, slower. Yeah, I mean, terrific delivery. So, yeah, they're my three deliveries of the day. Shot of the day. Shot of the day. Um, well, there are a few. I mean, anything spring to mind? Yeah, yeah. for me it was uh, towards the end when Steve Smith was facing Jofra Archer. Uh, there was two slips and a gully in, and he got a ball just outside off stump. And he decided to guide it quite early on down to third man. But he did so. It was a full ball. It was almost a half volley. And he did so with a straight bat that he then allowed the ball to sort of push the bat open so that it was guided and he guided it between the two slips yeah. and the gully yeah. and all I could think of was he's meant to do that he literally went this is a full 90 mile an hour ball outside off stump from one of the world's most exciting bowlers what I'm going to do now is I'm going to purposely guide it along the ground through that vacant two meter spot between second slip and gully what, what a bizarre thinking to do and then to nail it exactly as he wanted it I just Wow. I mean, look, actually, I'm going to disagree slightly. He did his shot. We had that as shot of the day a couple of uh, last tests, didn't we? When he did it at head height through vacant third slip from the bowling of Ben Stokes. That, Can you remember? Yeah. Sim- exactly the same. The, the, I wasn't sure he actually meant that one, though. I thought he was trying to hit that a bit squarer. But, I mean, we could ask him. Shall we ask him? But, but even then... Can you go to the press, press, press conference and ask him? Even if he was trying to get it on the other side of Gully, which I'm not sure he was, mm, but I even think. if he was... It was a full ball outside of stump that with a straight bat, he hit along the ground. Like, it's just, it's wrong, mate. It's, I'm pretty sure it's illegal. How many times have you watched Steve Smith play a shot like that and you look to the whoever's next to you, left or right, and you just look at him and you're like, give them the, give them the eyes, the quizzical eyes. The, did he mean that eyes? Look, that's the sort of shot, if you played that like at a Christmas party or something, people wouldn't give you a present. Really? Yeah. But I've been good. Well, you wouldn't play that shot, so you're fine. You're very good over covers. Well, I thought, uh, we're talking about covers. Uh, I thought Steve Smith played an exquisite back foot uh, square drive against uh, Stuart Broad earlier in the day. And that on the up drive from Nathan Lyon to Chris Wokes, who was bowling very obviously uh, late in the day as well, I thought was, uh, was pretty special. Well, I don't believe a Surrey man would ever say anything anodyne. Let's hear if Sam Curran, uh, who took a three for today, can prove me right. I think, to be fair, just being on the ground and playing cricket again was really nice. And as I said, the bowlers had a great day on a pretty pretty good wicket. And obviously, hopefully tonight, we got, obviously got through there, Joe and Burnsy, and we can hopefully bat big and bat them out the game. And I do believe that Marnus Labuschagne can say something boring. Let's find out if the producer, Lucy, can prove me right. Oh, look, you know, I'm obviously feeling, feeling, feeling all right. But, you know, obviously today is frustrating. You know, you, you get a start. In a, in a really big moment, you know, me and Steve Batten there, you know, if we could have built, you know, a 100-plus run partnership, you know, that, that could really have got us close to their total and then given us a lead going into the fourth innings. But, you know, obviously my batting, uh, I'm feeling good, but like I said, um, you know, runs is the only focus, is the only currency, and, 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 you know, I just need to keep getting more of it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Uh, I'm not going to engineer anything here. I don't have anything to rant about today, do you? No, I can't, I can't really think of anything at all. It's, um, it, I mean, it's perhaps, perhaps the first day in the history where everyone um, did the right thing, as far as I'm concerned. OK, we've got three unluckiest of the day. First off, Sam Curran. You know, why is he just playing <laughs> at the Oval? He should have played before this Test match. I think we can see that actually bringing a, a left arm uh, into the side just provides variety. Um, he's, of course, can swing the ball. Uh, he's caused problems with Steve Smith and a lot of the other batsmen. And, and you've got to say that he would have made a difference um, at points in this series. So I think he's unluckiest of the day. Uh, the other two <laughs> unluckiest of the days, I'd say, are Mr and Mrs Denley. Imagine giving birth to your child, second child, and your husband essentially taking one look at it and then running off to work. Uh, that's uh, pretty much what Joe Denley did. And Joe Denley, Mr. Denley, is also my unluckiest of the day because since made this opener, makeshift opener, he's had to walk to the crease in the last half an hour of play, I think three times now. I'd say that's pretty unlucky. Yeah. Um, no, I think Sam Curran, for me, uh, you know, he... I thought he bowled really well, as I talked about before. The ball that he actually got Steve Smith to edge was not a particularly good ball, um, but he still forced the error because he was he was making Smith uncomfortable, and you know that that was a drop catch. And look, it it may not go on to uh, bother England that much. Um, you know they're in front of the game at this point, but you don't want to drop Steve Smith. And also for Curran, I think you know it would have been good for him to to you know I mean Joffre's made his mark. It would have been good for him to say you know I'm. I'm also uh, one of those cricketer guys that you should look into. Lol of the day. I wonder if your lol of the day is the same as mine. What's your lol of the day then? It was the Johnny Bairstow, Steve Smith moment. How hilarious was that? We've seen Bairstow do this before, actually. I think it was last see It was the last year against India. I can't remember the batsman that he conned, but he absolutely got one over Steve Smith, and Smith found it as funny as I did. 
Yeah, I, one of my favourite... I didn't love wicket-keeping that much, but I would occasionally do it. One of my favourite things was as the ball was, was coming in and the guy thought, you know, and then just pretending to, to take it and then take the bails off, which is obviously what Bairstow did, just to watch his face. And it doesn't work as often as you think it does. Most often they could tell, wait a minute, when I turned... There's no way that guy's getting that ball in quick enough. Um, but in this case, Steve Smith, it also shows a bit about Steve Smith. You know, he puts in every effort he can uh, to get over the line. Um, not, they're not known as the two funniest men in cricket, Smith and Besto, but they, they shared a lull. I think we all shared a lull. I thought it was brilliant the way that, uh, I mean, as you say, it was a full-length dive. He was basically playing rugby with a cricket bat to get behind the line. And as soon as he did it, he realised that he'd been done. And I'm pretty sure the match referee had a look at it because under the new laws of cricket, um, a, you know, you can get penalised for, for things like that. But they had a look and they thought that one was fine. What? Yeah, you're not, you're not allowed to fake out um, someone on the field. It's actually less to do with what the wicketkeeper does. Um, but, but Manus Labashain in, in a state game in Australia uh, pretended right, yeah. to throw a ball because what happened was fielders were pretending to throw, pick up the ball and throw it when they didn't have it to stop the second run. And it got to a point where, you know, um, to be fair, I think it's a fair law chain. I don't think it counts to wicketkeepers just making fun of batsmen, though, which is why the match referee didn't do it. But I think another thing a wicketkeeper is not allowed to do anymore which I have seen, I think I saw Darren Berry do once, was that thing where they go down the leg side, they swear, and they turn around, pretend that the ball's gone behind them, and then when the batsmen leave the crease, they take the veils off. I think you're not allowed to do that one, but I could be wrong, but I think those are the law changes, and I think making a batsman look like a fool, you shouldn't get penalised five runs for that. You should get lull of the day. You got any mistakes of the day? I've got a couple. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose the most obvious is the DRS decision of David Warner. Um, I'm not sure it was a massive hell. It's one of those things. If Speak, tell, so tell the listeners about what happened, essentially. Well, I was going to, and you took the microphone right Come on, if you do it now, please. I mean, uh, Can you hurry up, please? I mean, uh, short ball outside of stump. Warner tries to uh, cut it away. Um, there is a noise, so, uh, but it's given not out on the field. We go to DRS, um, and originally it looks like there's a gap between bat and ball. But when we see the um, Snicko, or whatever they call it now, Ultra Edge... Um, uh, a noise comes up as the ball is very close to the bat. Now, I would suggest that it didn't quite match 100%. There was certainly a noise, but it didn't seem to be at the exact point when the ball went past. But I can also see how an umpire would see that, maybe not notice 100% that the two haven't matched up and go with the decision. I think if he'd been given out on the field um, and there'd been, that, and there'd been the exact same, same thing happen, I still think 50% of fans who watch that, yeah, especially if you, you've got a stake in either side, you would, you would have you know, going on one way or the other. But in this particular case, I think that it was a very hard decision, but I think he should have stuck with the umpire's call on that particular one. So it's not a massive mistake, but a lot of people, obviously, you know, a lot of Australians were suggesting, there was that great uh, photo online of, at the time that Snicko goes, you can actually see the shadow, and there does seem to be a gap between bat and ball. But I don't know if we we can um, take the word of shadow cam just yet, although I could be wrong. but I, I, I'm only including that in mistake of the day because I, I honestly think that there was probably enough doubt for the umpire not to go with that. But I don't think it was a howl or anything. And this is this whole thing of, oh, you know, um, technology is supposed to make things better. But realistically, we got closer to the correct decision probably with technology. But, you know, we, we, can't, we can't look into the ball's soul. To, did you really touch that bat? Look, no system is perfect, apart from the system that we have created. Shadow cam. To put this podcast together. Uh, a couple of other mistakes. Um, you know, I wrote this before 
Sam Curran took two wickets and two balls and dismissed um, Steve Smith, forgot his name somehow. But I thought Joe Root today, you know, he missed a trick. Didn't bring on Jack Leach before lunch to bowl to Smith. In fact, he waited till the 36th over before he brought uh, him on. Uh, he, he played Chris Wokes ahead of Sam Curran. Um, I just thought that both were kind of obvious errors, actually. And, and so it proved, especially with Curran. Yeah, I, I suppose he also dropped a catch, if you want another mistake of the day there. And uh, who did he drop? It seemed like a handy player. I don't know. I've only forgotten his name once this episode. I'm sure I can't do it again. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it was a great day for, uh, for Joe Root. But uh, I'm not sure he's, you know, he has had that many great days at all in this series. Moment of the day. Uh, for me, it was Rory Burns's catch because I, you know, we got a really good angle where, where you and I are sitting where similar. You're behind me um, for some reason. I'm nervous. Bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, when Siddle hit the ball, um, it was Joffre, wasn't it? it was yeah. bowling? Yeah. When Joffre was bowling, so it came at a pace, and but but Siddle was batting quite well to be fair. He steered it, didn't he? It wasn't yeah. an edge. He steered it. He steered it, and he. I thought he got it past Burns from my angle, and I had a perfect angle of. Of, of Burns sort of bending back to take the catch. And even then, I thought the ball had gone through. It was an incredible one-handed grab. But it, it's also for two reasons. It was a very good tweet by Dave Tickner as well, where Dave Tickner said, imagine taking a catch that good and then being told you have to go out and face Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins as your, uh, uh, as your gift for, for doing that. So uh, it was an incredible catch. That was, that was my moment of the day. Brilliant stuff. There were a couple of other moments in the last over as well. I mean, that uh, leg before decision that was overturned. Denley being dropped by uh, Marcus Harris, who uh, also uh, injured himself. Um, and Burns getting scones as well. It was a pretty... Uh, uh, you're pointing to yourself. What's going on? Have I, have I got a bit saying by my, by my mouth? What, what's going on? No, I had another moment of the day. Oh, OK, now go I've on. Forgotten. Now I've forgotten what it was. No pressure, but, uh, you know, this podcast should probably finish by now. Um, Shall I start wrapping up? It might... Start wrapping up and see if I can come back. Well, look, if he doesn't come up with what his moment of the day was in the next 25 seconds or so, you're going to have to wait until the end of day three to hear it. But um, I think we've proved one thing in this show. It's that standing up rather than sitting down provides a better audio. Oh, hang on. Have you remembered? I've got the moment of the day. So when Steve Smith went out, it's quite interesting because he walked across his stumps and it was a, such a bog ordinary ball. Like it was nothing special from work. And he walked across the stumps and the ball went out on the leg side. And I'm not sure everyone in the ground realised he'd missed it to begin with. And also it was maybe a little bit high and also, um, uh, you know, on, on, fir- first, uh, on first viewing um, when, when you saw it live, it looked a little bit high. And it was Steve Smith, so no one really thought he was going to miss the ball in the first place. And if he was going to miss the ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't going to hit the stumps. It's the first time in my life I've actually, when it was given out, 25,000 people at once actually communally being surprised. There wasn't a roar to start with. It was originally, it was like, what? <laughs> and it was such a beautiful noise. And I hope it's captured on the... On the um, on the replay. I haven't, listened, I haven't listened to a replay yet, but I hope it is captured. But that's my moment of the day. Wasn't that worth waiting for? It was, you know. Um, I'll describe it a little differently, but you're absolutely right to pick it out because it was the moment of the day because you essentially had three roars. You had the roar with the appeal for leg before wicket. You had the roar when the umpire's finger went up, but then you had the best roar, which was when Steve Smith didn't review and he walked off and the crowd realised. So, yeah, that was the moment of the day and it was worth waiting for. And uh, we will be standing up again tomorrow. At the end of day three, you're listening to the following on podcast. Subscribe and review on iTunes or Acast. And thanks for listening.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 